The Eighteenth Book of Orlando Furioso. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Thomas Copeland. Orlando Furioso by Ludovico Ariosto. Translated by Sir John Harrington. Book 18. The Argument. Now Griffin's known and felt. Algire doth threaten the Tartar prince. Charles fighteth and prevails. Martano, like a coward, is well beaten. Marthesa's force, Damasco warriors, quails. From thence, with tempest tossed and weather beaten, both she and Griffin and Astolfo sails. Medor and Cloridan, with care and pain, seek for the carcass of their master slain. Most worthy prince, your virtues high and rare, with tongue and pen I praise, and ever shall, although my words and verse inferior are in number and in worth to match them all. But all above this one I do compare, and far prefer, and pure divinest call, that giving gracious ear to those are grieved, yet every tale is not by you believed. Oft have I heard your highness hath refused, although the same most earnestly were sought, to hear the guiltless absent man accused, and when a great complaint to you was brought, you have the matter and the man excused, suspending still your judgment and your thought, and keeping till the truth were truly tried ever one ear for the contrary side. Had Norandino had so great a grace, as not to credit tales so lightly told, he had not offered Griffin this disgrace, no, though thereby he might have gained gold. But so doth rashness virtue oft deface, as here was proved, that was said of old, the silly people bear the scourge and blame, oft when their princes do deserve the same. For Griffin, as in part I told before, when as his hands and feet were once untied, did deal about of blows and thrusts such store as well was he could for himself provide. His wrath was such as none he then forbore. The old, the young, the strong, the feeble died. And they that laughed before to see him carted, now for their labor whined as much and smarted. The people faint and mazed fled away from him whom late they did deride and scorn. He followed them and killed them by the way dastards more meet to die than to be born. But in this chase a while I let him stay, triumphing now that lately was forlorn. Of Rodamont now somewhat must be spoken, on whom at once I said eight spears were broken. Eight spears at once upon the scaly skin did light, and diverse darts were thrown aloof. For spears and darts he passeth not a pin, such was his strength, so sure his armor's proof. But when he saw that more and more came in, to part from thence he thinks his best behoof. For why, on every side they so assail him, that needs at length his breath and strength must fail him. Even as the lion's whelps that see a bull are at the first of his great strength afraid, but when they see their sire to tear or pull his throat and sides, they run their sire to aid, and fly upon his face and horned skull, till prostrate on the ground they have him laid, so now, when Charles himself was in the place, each one took arms, each one took heart of grace. Whoso hath seen a huge, well-baited bear, with many dogs, men standing close about, when he by hap the stake or cord doth tear, and rusheth in among the thickest rout, how suddenly they run away with fear, and make a lane to let the bear go out. He might, I say, compare by such a sight the manner of this pagan's fight and flight. 
he rusheth out, and with his two-hand blade he flourisheth about in so fierce sort that soon a way for him to pass was made. To hinder him his way it was no sport, and those that by the way did him invade, except they shifted better, were cut short. Thus, in despite of Charles and all his realm, he came unto the banks of Sequin's stream, and standing from the bank a little distance, that few or none behind him could unclose, an hour's space and more he made resistance against King Charles, whose power still greater grows, till in the end, in hope of no assistance, displeased but not disgraced, away he goes. He takes the river, fretting in his mind that he had left a man alive behind. And so he swelled in anger and in pride that he had thought to turn him back again, and to have mounted on the other side, and all that should withstand him to have slain. But lo! a messenger he then espied that made him from that rash attempt refrain but who did send him and what word he bare i mean to you another time declare but first what discord did i mean to show who as you heard was by the angels sent among the pagans seeds of strife to sow and as she was commanded thither went yet leaving fraud behind the coals to blow lest all the fire of strife should quite be spent and to augment his strength as much as may be, he carried pride with him out of the abbey. Pride leaves hypocrisy to keep his place, and thus these jarring friends together go. And when they travelled had a little space, they found by hap dame jealousy also, that met a dwarf that run a trudging pace, even as she wandered idly to and fro. And learning unto whom this page was sent, to go with him she quickly did consent. You call to mind, for sure you cannot choose but call to mind so late a written story, how Mandricardo Doralis did use, and kept with joy whom he did win with glory. She secretly sent notice of this news, though afterward herself perhaps was sorry, to Rodamont, and sharply him incited to venge her rape, as I before recited. The messenger arrived then by hap, when from the stream the pagan did ascend, and told him all the tale of her mishap, and how another did possess his friend. Cold jealousy straight entered in his lap, and pride with discord to the matter mend, alleging if he put up this disgrace, then let him ne'er look lady in the face. Like as a tiger that her young hath lost, surprised by hunter's hand and borne away, doth follow on the foot through every cost, no dikes nor waters wide can make her stay. So Rodamont, with love and anger most, inflamed would endure no more delay, and though he want his horse, that did not boot to cause him stay, he rather goes on foot. He means whatever horseman next he spied to take his horse of friend or else of foe. At this his discord pleased, and said to pride that she was glad their business cotton so. I will, quoth she, a horse for him provide, and horse shall cost him dear enough, I trow, and what of him and of that horse befell, another time, uh, not now, I mean to tell. This while the most renowned Christian king that had expulsed the pagan from the town his valiant men of arms about doth bring, and on the sudden lets the drawbridge down, and with a fresh assault their foes so sting while fortune smiled in him on them did frown that they had run away like men dismayed had not for all courageously them stayed my mates in arms quoth he brethren and friends 
proved valiant heretofore, now hold your place. More happy far is he his life that spends in honor than that keeps it in disgrace. Lo, me your general that here attends no way to stain the blood of Spanish race, the pattern follow that I show you first, and then I care not, let them do their worst. Thus in that part for all the fight renewed, and draws with him the chosen Spanish band that oft in Christian blood their hands imbrued, and none almost but they did now withstand, but destiny can never be eschewed, and may by their success be rightly scanned. Behold, Rinaldo comes, and as he came, it seemed he carried lightning fierce or flame. Not long before, Almonte's valiant son, hight Dardanel, had slain a Christian knight, and proud of that his glory lately won, and of his good success he had in fight, about the field he carelessly did run, until he happed to see a woeful sight. He saw Alfeo yielding up the ghost, a youth whom he esteemed and loved most. Lurcanio was the man that did the deed, and Dardanel to venge it doth intend. Lurcanio followed on, and took no heed. The other all on him his force doth bend, and with a weighty spear him and his steed unto the earth together he doth send, and pierced his thigh, and put him in such pain, as scant he able was to rise again. But Ariodant, that dear his brother loved, and sees him in such pain and danger lie, was therewithal in wrath so greatly moved, he meaneth to avenge his hurt or die. But though that he attempted oft and proved, yet could he not to Dardanel come nigh, for still of other men the throng and number did him in this attempt molest and cumber. No doubt the heavens had Dardanel ordained to perish by a more victorious hand. Rinaldo's blade must with his blood be stained, and was, as after you shall understand. By him this praise and glory must be gained, the fame whereof must fill both sea and land. But let these western wars a while remain, and of Griffino talk we now again. Who taught those of Damasco to their harms what wrong they did to cart him in such sort? They fill the town with uproars and alarms, men's mouths and ears were full of this report king brings forth five hundred men in arms and sends five more to fortify the fort for why this tumult brought him in persuasion that sure some host of men did make invasion but when he saw no men no host no band no troops of horse the city to invade only one man well known that there did stand and of his people such a slaughter made moved with remorse he stretcheth out his hand naked in show of peace as is the trade, and openly his rashness he lamented that such a knight to harm he had consented. And Griffin, when to find he now begun the king was of so good an inclination, and that the wrong to him before was done, not of his own, but others' instigation, to make a friendly concord doth not shun, because hereby he lost no reputation. And there he tarried at the king's request to cure his wounds and take a little rest. This while his brother Aquilent the Black, that with Astolfo still in Jewry stayed, and sees his brother now so long did lack, was in his mind all sad and ill apaid. They heard no news of him, they found no track, though weight about in every part was laid, until the Greekish pilgrim they had met by whom of him some inkling they did get. He told them how a certain wanton dame hight Oregilla, 
with a ruffian knave that kept her openly without all shame yet going in apparel fine and brave these two the pilgrim said together came from antioch as forth in speech they gave and to damasco then they meant to go but what became of them he did not know and further unto aquilent he told how he grifino met this other day and did to him the matter all unfold and how forthwith grifino went his way with chafe enough and swearing that he would kill the same vile adulterer if he may no sooner had his speech the pilgrim ended in post to follow aquilent intended in post he followed to damasco word and when he travelled had a day or twain behold that god that ever doth reward the good with blessings and the bad with pain that graceless couple that before you heard betrayed grifino with that devilish train into the hands of aquilent did give while they in pleasure most securely live i say that aquilent by god's permission doth meet the vile martano on the way his horse, his coat, and outward apparition so like unto Grifino every way, that Aquilant at first, without suspicion, went to embrace him, and began to say, Brother, well met, I joy of your welfare, your absence bred in me much fear and care. But when he saw the t'other not replied, but shrunk away like one that were afraid, Ah, traitor villain, yield thyself, he cried, thou hast my brother spoiled and betrayed tell me thou wretch doth he in life abide to whom in humble sort martano said with fainting heart and quaking voice and trembling yet in the midst of all his fear dissembling oh pardon sir your brother is alive and like to live and hath no hurt nor shall the truth is this i being loath to strive with him because i found him stout and tall did with no ill intent this drift contrive to save myself and do him hurt but small for this same woman's sake that is my sister with open force not daring to assist her it grieved me to see how he by lust did her abuse whom nature made me love and for i thought it was both meet and just her from this wicked custom to remove and sith i did his value great mistrust i thought it best by policy to prove i stale his horse and coat while he was sleeping and so conveyed her quite out of his keeping well might martano bear away the bell or else a whetstone challenge for his due that on the sudden such a tale could tell and not a word of all his tale was true but yet in show it all agreed well save one which aquiline most certain knew was false and he in vain did seek to smother he was her bedfellow and not her brother with hand and tongue at once he doth reply and in one instant he both strake and spake i know quoth he vile villain thou dost lie and on the face so fiercely he him strake he makes two teeth into his throat to fly then with great violence he doth him take and him and her he binds in bitter bands like captives carried into foreign lands and thus in haste unto damasco riding he swears that he these bands would not unbind till of his brother he do hear some tiding whom in damasco after he did find who now with cunning physic and good guiding was almost healed in body and in mind and when he saw his unexpected brother they both saluted and embraced each other and after they had made in speech some sport about full many a foolish accident for aquilent had heard a large report of griffin's carting and his punishment at last he asketh griffin in what sort they should this couple worthily torment 
to hang and draw and burn their privy parts was not too much for their too foul desarts the king and all his council thought it good because their fault was such so open known that they should publicly dispill their blood and their desarts might publicly be shown but yet that motion griffin straight withstood pretending private causes of his own only he wished martano should be stripped and at a cart drawn through the street and whipped and as for her although she had deserved a punishment as great as he or more yet was the sentence of her doom reserved until lucina came and not before so that by griffin's mean she was preserved so great a sway love in his fancy bore here aquilent by griffin was procured to bide with him until his wounds were cured now norandin that all his power still bends to honor griffin all the means he may and with great courtesy to make amends for that disgrace he did him the other day to make another triumph he intends set forth with pomp and state and rich array and that the fame may fly to foreign nations he notifies it straight by proclamations at four weeks end the triumph should begin the fame whereof about so far was blown without the land of jewry and within at last unto astolfo it was known who asking sansonet's advice herein whose wisdom he preferred before his own at last for company they both agree to go together these same justs to see now as they went upon their way behold they met a gallant and a stately dame with whom the duke acquainted was of old marfisa was this noble lady's name she travelled like a knight her heart was bold her body passing strong unto the same and when she knew both why and where they went to go with them she quickly did consent and thus these three their journey so contrive as just against the day and solemn feast together at damasco they arrive each one well mounted on a stately beast the king that specially did care and strive to honor griffin more than all the rest by all the means and ways he could devise augmented much the value of the prize and where it was as i before declared a single armor rich and finely wrought now norandino at this time prepared to send it out with things not lightly bought to this he adds a horse most richly barbed by rider's skill to great perfection brought well shaped well marked strong-limbed and passing swift the beast alone fit for a prince's gift all this he did because great hope he saw that griffin once again the prize would win but then was verified the old said saw much falls between the chalice and the chin for when marfisa void of fear or awe without had viewed this armor and within and finds it had been hers by marks well known she seizeth straight upon it as her own the king that ill so great disgrace could brook did show himself therewith much discontent and with a princely frown and angry look his silence threatened that she should repent and in so great despite the thing he took that straight some sergeants unto her he sent with soldiers some on foot and some on horse deceived much in her sex more in her force for never did a child take more delight with gaudy flowers in time of spring to play nor never did young lady brave and bright like dancing better on a solemn day than did marfisa in the sound and sight of glittering blades and spears delight to stay and this did cause her take therein more pleasure because her strength was great beyond all measure 
those few that were to apprehend her sent and punish her for this unlawful deed were caused their coming quickly to repent and others by their harms took better heed the armed knights most diversely were bent some standing still to mark what this would breed some to the sergeants thought to bring relief of whom were griffin and his brother chief the english duke doth deem it were a shame to leave marphise in this dangerous case sith chiefly for his company she came and sansonet doth deem it like disgrace wherefore they mean howe'er the matter frame not leave her unassisted in the place astolfo had a charmed spear all gilt with which he used it oft to run a tilt the virtue of this charmed spear was such besides the gilding bright and fair of hue that whomsoe'er the head thereof did touch straight him from off his horse it overthrew Griffino first although disdaining much he quite unhorsed nor who it was he knew then aquilant that to revenge it meant unto the ground in manner like was sent thus did these warriors three themselves behave but chief marphisa who would never rest but would in spite of all the armor have nor once vouchsafe to ask it of request she doth the king and all his nobles brave and when the best of them had done his best on every side she beat the people down and from them all made way out of the town sansonet and astolfo did the like king noradino's men of arms pursue the foolish people cry stop kill and strike but none comes near but stand aloof to view a narrow bridge there was this place they pike and do defend it against all the crew till griffin came having his horse recovered and by some marks the english duke discovered and straight his brother aquilante came and of astolfo both acquaintance take and then in civil terms they somewhat blame her little count she of the king did make astolfo friendly told them her name and in defence of her some words he spake the rest that came marvelled to what it tends to hear them talk together now like friends but when that norandino's soldiers hard her name so dreaded over all the east they surely thought that they should all be marred and that the city would be ta'en at least therefore they pray the king to have regard but now marphisa moved by request of those two brothers friendly doth consent herself before the prince for to present and thus without much reverence she spake sir king i marvel what your highness meant a prize and gift of such a thing to make as is not yours without i give consent the arms this armor hath plain proof do make namely a crown into three pieces rent i once put off this armor in a way to chase a thief that stale from me a prey then said the king fair dame the truth is so of one armenian merchant i them bought i make no question be they yours or no nor needs for proof more witness to be brought for though they were not i would them bestow on you if so the same by you were sought as for griffino unto whom i gave them he shall be pleased i hope and not to have them i will him recompense some other way and give him gifts of as great worth or more thanks to your highness griffin straight doth say preserve me in your grace i ask no more but when marphisa saw that every way they honoured her she changed her mind before to show magnificence she used this drift that he must take this armour as her gift and thus good friends all turned back again 
and then with double joy the feast they hold in which chief praise did sansonet obtain the other four did then themselves withhold wishing the praise should unto him remain and then with greater cheer than can be told by norandino they were nobly feasted and there themselves they well reposed and rested seven days or eight the king them entertained and those once past of him their leave they take the which with gifts and honor great obtained unto the town of tripoli they make and in one company these five remained and mind not one the other to forsake as long as one of them was left alive until in france they safely should arrive and straight they get a vessel for their hire a merchant's ship new laden from the west the master of the ship an ancient sire consented to their wills with small request the wind as then served fit for their desire and blows a gentle gale all from the east so that with filled sails in little while they came as far as cyprus venus isle here every place was full of odors sweet of gardens fair of spice of pleasant taste the people lustful of a dame venus meet from tender years to doting age do last with wanton damsels walking in each street inviting men to pleasure and repast from hence again they lucid at what time don phoebus chariot unto the east did climb the weather still was temperate and clear a pleasant gale their swelling sails did fill no sign of storm or tempest did appear to such as in the weather had best skill but lo the weather oft doth change her cheer even as a woman oft doth change her will for suddenly they had such storms of weather as if that heaven and earth would come together the air doth on the sudden grow obscure but lightened oft with lightning's dreadful light and save their hour-glass kept them reckoning sure twas hard for to discern the day from night the desperate mariners do all endure as men inured to the water's spite the heavens above the waves beneath do roar yet are not they dismayed one whit therefore one with a whistle hanged about his neck shows by the sound which cord must be undone and straight the ship-boy ready at a beck unto the tops with nimble slight doth run the other mariners upon the deck or at the steer the coming waves do shun and then by turns they pump the water out by pain and care preventing every doubt now while this noble crew with tempest tossed went in the sea as wind and weather drave and look each minute to be drowned and lost the christians with a fresh assault and brave set on the pagans sorely to their cost who now began the worser side to have but chiefly then their courage gan to quail when noble dardanello's life did fail rinaldo him had noted from the rest full proud of slaughter of so many foes and to himself he said tis surely best to crop this weed before it higher grows therewith he sets his fatal spear in rest and cries to dardanello as he goes alas poor boy much woe to thee they bred that left to thee that shield of white and red i'll try if you defend those colors well he saith which if with me you cannot do against orlando fierce i can you tell for to defend them will be great ado thus said rinald and noble dardanelle in valiant wise thus answered thereunto know this quoth he that these my colors i will bravely here defend or bravely die 
With that he spurred his horse, as this he spake, and with great force Rinaldo did assail. But lo, the staff upon his armor brake, so as his blow but little did avail. But straight Rinaldo's spear away did make, and pierced the double folds of plate and mail, and went so deep into the tender skin, the life went out there where the staff went in. Look how a purple flower doth fade and dry, that painful ploughman cutteth up with shear, or as the poppy's head aside do lie, when it the body can no longer bear. So did the noble Dardanello die, and with his death filled all his men with fear. As waters run abroad that break their bay, so fled his soldiers breaking their array. They fly unto their tents with full persuasion that of the field the masonry was lost. Wherefore, to fortify against invasion, they spare no time, no travel, nor no cost. Now Charles by forehead means to take occasion, and follows them full close with all his host, and coming to their tents, so bravely ventured that he with them themselves almost had entered, had not his valiant attempt been stayed by over-hasty coming of the night so that of force as then it was delayed and either side was driven to leave the fight but with this difference all the turks dismayed and newly gathered from their fearful flight the christians on the t'other side pursuing and day by day their hope and power renewing the number of the turks that day were slain was more than fourscore thousand as they say their blood did fat the ground of all that plain and makes the ground more fertile to this day. Among the dead some men, half-dead, remain, left there for thieves and robbers as a prey. Within the pagan camp great moan they make, some for their friends, some for their kinfolk's sake. Two youths there were among so many more, whose friendship fast and firm, whose faithful hearts deserved to be placed the rest before, and to be praised for their good desarts. Their names were Cloridano and Midor, both born far hence about the eastern parts their parents poor and not of our belief yet for true love they may be praised chief the elder of the two hight cloridan and hunter wild in all his life had been of active limbs and eke an hardy man as in a thousand men might well be seen medoro was but young and now began to enter too of youth the pleasant green fair-skinned black-eyed and yellow curled hair that hanged in lovely locks by either ear. These two among the rest kept watch that night, and while the time in sundry speech they spent, Medoro oftentime most sadly sight. His master's death did cause him to lament. Oh, said Medoro, what a woeful spite, what cruel scourge to me this fortune sent, that Dardanelle, Amante's worthy son, so suddenly should unto death be done. Behold, his noble course is left a prey to be devoured by the wolf and crow, a food too fine to be so borne away. But I shall remedy that hap, I trow. I'll find the mean his course thence to convey. I am resolved myself will thither go, that for the good he did me when he lived, at least his course by me may be relieved. When Cloridano heard this saying out, he stood amazed and musing in his mind, in tender years to find a heart so stout, unto so dangerous attempt inclined, and straight dissuades him, casting many a doubt to make him change the thing he had assigned. 
but still Medoro doth resolve to try to bury Dardanelle or else to die. When Cloridan so resolute him found, of his own frank accord he vow doth make to follow him in broken state and sound, and never him to leave or to forsake, and straight they two do leave this fenced ground, and pointing new supplies their rooms to take, they find the Christian camp lie all neglected, like those that fear no harm, nor none suspected. I say those Christians that the watch should keep lay as they carried not for foe nor friend, their senses so possessed with wine and sleep that none of them their office did attend. But Cloridan, that saw them drown so deep, said thus, Medoro, now I do intend to get for our great loss this small amends, to kill some foes that killed all our friends. Stand thou and watch and hearken every way, and for the rest let me alone to try. This said, he goes where one Alfeo lay that took upon him knowledge in the sky, by which he dreamt he should live many a day, and in his wife's beloved bosom die. But all was false, his cunning him deceived, for now this pagan him of life bereaved. And many more, whom here I do not name, that sleep on boards or making straw their bed. At last, where wretched Grillo lay, he came, that on an empty barrel couched his head, himself had emptied late before the same. A deadly sleep the wine in him had bred, the Turk, his sword within his bowels fixed, out came the blood and wine together mixed. Near Grillo slept a Dutchman and a Greek, that all the night had plied the dice and drink. To both of them at once he did the leak, that dreamt perhaps of seven or of sink. They had been better watched all the week than at so bad a time as this to wink. Death certain is to all, the proverb saith, uncertain is to all the hour of death. Look how a lion fierce with famine pined that comes unto a flock of silly sheep, where neither fence nor people he doth find, doth spoil the flock the while the shepherds sleep. So Cloridano with his bloody mind that found those hushed that watch and ward should keep, could not his cruel rage and malice bridle, nor was this while Medoro's weapon idle. For he that did disdain to make to die those of the common and the baser sort, came there where Duke Labretto then did lie, embracing of his lady, in such sort as ivy doth the wall they lay so nigh. Now soundly sleeping after Venus sport, so close the air could not have come between, Medor their heads at one blow cuts off clean. O happy state, O life, O death most sweet, for sure I think their souls embracing so in heavenly seat do oft together meet, and in good peace and love did thither go. Then next a captain of the Flemish fleet, and the Earl of Flanders' son, with other Mo Medoro killed, and so far forward went he came but little from the Emperor's tent. But lo, they both with shedding blood now tired, and fearing lest at length some few might wake, ere long time passed, both by accord retired, and mind their first attempt in hand to take, as both, but as Medoro chief desired. Most secretly under the field they make. They mean, although they both were faint and weary, the noble Dardanello's course to bury. 
the heaps of men that in the field remain some dead and some between alive and dead had made their labor to have been in vain had not the moon showed out her horned head so bright as clear discovered all the plain that then was covered with vermilion red were it a chance or else his earnest prayer that made the moon at that time shine so fair now after search by phoebe's friendly light the good medora spied him on the ground who when he saw that grievous woeful sight he was for sorrow ready there to sound and out he cries alas o worthy wight not worthy in this sort to have been found now my last duty do i mean to pay and then to say farewell to you for a thus spake medoro shedding many a tear and minding now no longer time to tarry the loved corse doth on his shoulders bear and cloridano hope the same to carry and they that erst were stout and void of fear were waxen now so timorous and wary not for their own but this dear burden's sake that every little noise did cause them quake this while the noble zurban having chased his fearful foes while others were asleep that had his heart on virtue's lore so placed as did to noble deeds him waking keep came with his troop where these two made great haste by hills by dales by stony ways and steep the carcass of their lord to bear away when much it wanted not a break of day the scots that were of noble zurban's band and saw two men go loaden down the plain make after them a gallop out of hand in hope to light upon some prey or gain when cloridano spying o'er the land did say twas best to let the course remain alleging that it was a foolish trick in saving one dead man to lose too quick and herewithal his hold he letteth slide and thinks medoro would the same have done he means himself in the next wood to hide and toward it in great haste he doth run but good medoro that could not abide to leave the office he so late begun although with double pain and duller pace with all the burden fled away in chase and to the wood the nearest way he went in hope to get it ere the horsemen came but now his breath and strength were so far spent as they had very near him overtain yet in his deed he doth no whit relent to leave his lord he counts it such a shame but they that think this story worth the reading must take a little respite in proceeding end of book eighteen